You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network podcast. My name is Manish, broadcasting in the morning this time, and we are joined today by the man with the plan to make bread. His name is Abby. The best bread Instagram (laughs) has ever seen. You know what the secret to making good bread is? Tell me. The yeast. It's actually true. The man with the best yeast yeah. in town. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly. How you doing, pal? Very early. It's very early in the morning over here. So, uh, you know. This is like a real radio show now. You know, in radio, people get up at like, you know, four in the morning to get going. Well, I, f- I feel like we're working farmer hours right now, you know. but ready to plow the, f- plow the field, bake some bread. There you go. There you yeah. go. Well, you know, when, in a market like this, which is the topic of today, which is that, you know, this is... Uh, I feel like we are in a different leg now of a crazy, crazy bull market. Um, you know, this is kind of the time people have been preparing for, right? This is this is go time. Um, and that's what we want to talk about today. The fact that it feels like, you know, this is the second coming of FOMO for cannabis investors. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like that. I mean, when I'm looking at, uh, you know, there, there, there's been a lot of picks that I've had that I sort of didn't pull the trigger on. And now they seem too rich. And, you know, I'm going like, oh, I should have held on to this stock. You know, should I give in? Should I chase these returns? Um, so, yeah, I yes. can definitely see this being the second FOMO for cannabis investors because I'm feeling it. Yes. And, and I bet you, Abby, you know, you're very plugged in to, you know, the the um, sentiment of private investors and, and private family offices around Canada. Um, and we've talked about, you know, for the last couple months uh, that, you know, it seems the sentiment in Canada for cannabis is really dead. And I bet you that if this thing keeps running the way it is, you're going to see that change with those Canadians. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I had that same discussion with somebody yesterday, and they were under the belief that that wouldn't necessarily happen. They said, like, you know what, a lot of Canadian investors who got in early on got burned really hard. and. Yep. They don't think regardless of, you know, if the MSOs, this was the actual comment. I was like, well, look, cannabis Mm -hmm. is doing very well. The MSOs are on fire. And they're like, well, the MSOs are on fire. So what? Yes. Yes. Great point. Great point. But let me just point something out to you. The last couple of days, you know, week or so, whatever, um, you know, we, we know about the big four. We know about the MSOs, right? This has been what I'm calling a rally of the others, right? right? So, you know, you asked me yesterday, hey, what's going on with Sundial, right? Sundial, which is, you know, not a particularly great Canadian LP, is up 100% over the last two days. And I did, hold on, Manish, I did want to, because that that was a message I sent to you via text. Mm -hmm. That was, there was a sarcastic tone associated with it, you know, like, like, as like a haha, what look at what's going on with Sundial, because, you know, that's not the cream of the crop company. It's not even 100%. a company that was on my radar. 100%. So so that's what I want to talk about today, okay? So so basically like just to start it off, what the hell is going on? Right? I mean, if if you look across the cannabis sector, 
uh, huge, huge green pops day over day in, you know, not necessarily to your point, not the best names, not the places where you would expect or rationally think the money should be flowing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is why Abby, I'm saying, you, you know, I think the Canadian sentiment might change, even if it's just temporarily, because it's recognizable names getting the love. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Afria, it's uh, Aurora, it's Sundial, it's Tilray, it's names that, you know, brings me back to that question, what year is it? You know, is this 2017 again? It definitely feels like 2017 again, I'll tell you that. With everything, with all, with all these names going on. Bitcoin at all new high. Sorry, I just didn't catch that there. Bitcoin's at an all new high. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin is at an all-time high. I see that all the time. Exactly. So, so look, if you guys have been following like what we've been saying for the last few months, this is, I mean, this is surprising, but it's not that outlandish, right? For a while, I've been coming on here and saying, guys, risk is mispriced. People are willing to take too much risk, and this is a risk on market. So the exception has been cannabis, especially U.S. cannabis, where valuations have lagged and they've actually been fair compared to the growth in earnings. And there have been pockets of extreme value and there have been pockets that are overheated. And now the risk on sentiment has reached cannabis. And that's what you're seeing. Traders are having a field day bidding up the names and the shorts are scrambling to cover. And the short covering can last weeks, and it has a pronounced effect, especially in crappy names like Sundial. For sure. And there is one other thing. So I know we talked about when we were on this podcast, we did talk about it before. So you were always on about the risk-on environment. I was under the belief that after the election, prior to the stimulus coming in, the markets were going to be a little bit choppy, which hasn't necessarily been the case. It's they've, It seems to be, like you said, risk-on all across the board. Um for cannabis particularly, it was a little bit of a laggard in comparison to everything else. I think we can attribute some of it to um, some political stability in the states with Biden coming in office, yep. right? Because if you look at, um, this is another thing, if you look at clean energy names, for example, those are rallying as well. And when Trump was in office, clean energy was extremely out of favor. And I thought a lot of capital is going to flow that way. Interesting. But I, but I guess, yeah, exactly. But I guess with Kamala Harris and Biden coming in, you know, being, I'm using the air quotes here, vocal about cannabis, she mentioned it once. and people have taken to um what they will um there was a couple she, of news she mentioned it once and that's good enough exactly exactly <laughs> and, then, and then there was another article i think a little while back that came out about um, so you're saying there's a chance yeah exactly <laughs> one in a million so you're saying there's a chance so anyway so it's so you know across the board it seems to be to, to, to be going up and um yeah, like, I mean, it's it's crazy because, sorry, going back to that story I was telling you about when I was talking to the person uh, about USMSOs going on fire, their, their answer was, so what? And then I pulled up two names. I pulled up Air Strategies, and I was like, look look at this name. This is a name that, like, I was looking at back in August, uh, or sorry, back in um, uh, late July, and it's up three, 3x, or two, basically. 2.7x, right. basically, yep. since mm-hmm. what it is. And then his mind was like, oh, wow. You know, like it was like a light bulb that went off. Like, you know, you could see the FOMO in his eyes. And then he like kind of grabbed my phone. He's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And then I showed him Sundown. He's like, what? This is up 100% today. Yep. So 100% going back so to what I, you were thinking. About, so I, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I was going to say 100% going back to what you were saying about, you know, the private family offices, the risk sentiment being off out of favor of cannabis, it can switch. It can switch even in, again, sophisticated money just as quickly as it can in retail. 100%. I mean, that is the great, um, you know, the, the great fallacy that somehow just because you are a sophisticated investor or just because you have an extra zero in your checkbook, you are not prone to these human emotions of euphoria or FOMO. And that's really what today's episode is about because we did an episode almost exactly a year ago, which is big predictions for 2020. And, you know, the the one of the big themes I had was that FOMO is dead. And if you haven't killed FOMO within yourself, it's time to do it. Well, this is the second coming of that FOMO. And, and Abby, you said something brilliant there, which is that that is what gets people's attention, right? Like when something has, when you look at something and it's already doubled or tripled, right? When we identified the warrants only four or five months ago, we said, hey, if you like air, check out the warrants on air. Those warrants were $2 a share. Yeah. And today, today, if you struck the warrants, you would be making 15 or $16. I know, it's insane. So you would be seven or eight X on those warrants in only four, five, six months. And I remember I put in a bid for the warrants at like 220 and they went up to 240 and I said, ah, forget it, right? So that's the kind of behavior that everybody kicks themselves and they're like, oh my God, I could have gone 7X and I'm such an idiot for not doing it. Whereas anybody who took the risk, regardless of if they were right or wrong, is now handsomely rewarded. That is what gets people's attention. That is what gets people jumping back in a sector. For sure, for sure. And, you know, we always talk about the difference between momentum and value trading. And if you leaned more towards the value side back then, you know, the risk was outrageous. I would I, I really think the risk was outrageous, you know, back even back in August. Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, the, the thing I kept saying, and, and this was remember when I capitulated in June, I said, look, yeah. People are taking way too much risk. I'm not comfortable with it. However, the one area where I feel risk is still undervalued is these cannabis names because the earnings are really growing. We could see that the political risk felt like it was coming down and there was this opportunity with the election, not just in the short term, but in the medium term. And you know, if you remember what we said about the election was, look, the election trade represents really good opportunity. Not just, you know, a lot of people asked about, is this a sell the news event, which I've, I've never, again, I, I don't really understand in general, but my point was, look, like the election is not just about the one day. If Biden wins, and more importantly, if New Jersey and Arizona flip, which they did, the new, I, I think it would, instead of being like a one-time kind of event, it's really going to prompt a lot of news and positive development and that's going to keep you know momentum building in kind of a slow burn and part of that's part of what's happening like first of all really have no idea what's happening this is wild wild stuff that's happening right now um, and it's a combination of improving fundamentals the bottoming of a lot of names uh, the technicals, which I know nothing about, but I hear the technicals are phenomenal and the news trickling in of all these, you know, positive articles about New Jersey, Arizona, the Moore Act, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, all of these things have combined to make a real, really 
um, exciting environment for people to speculate on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's been absolutely insane. And you did put you did point to one thing there that you know a lot of the stuff that we talked about there was sort of outside the realm of cannabis. One of the things that you really mentioned was the improving fundamentals. That's why you know I think this rally has a lot longer legs than um, a lot of people are anticipating, and it's because of the improving fundamentals. And when I say that on very specific names, right? Like I, like I'm not I'm not going to comment on Sundial, but you know Sundial being up 100 percent. If if I was in that position, I'd take my profits. Well, okay, uh, let's let's just put a pin in that because I want to come back to that, okay? Because um, you you touch on something really important there. But just before we get there, I want I want to point something out, okay? Is that for the last little while, last couple months, the heat in the sector has been concentrated. Mm-hmm. So the big four MSOs have outperformed. They've done really really well. Right. And with good reason, the fundamentals have been phenomenal and the future growth of these companies is really strong. Okay, right. And for and for a long period of time, it seemed like those were the only names that were getting capital. It Bingo. Everybody else was, you know, chopped liver, basically. Bingo. And this so this is the chopped liver rally, right, where everybody else is catching up. The MSOs in, in comparison are kind of lagging, right? They, they're up 1% or 2% or they're flat. When everyone else is going up 10 20 30 40 50%, they don't look so good anymore, right? So a, a couple of things. One is that, you know, you never know what the spark is going to be that lights the building on fire, right? So the metaphor that I've used before is that, you know, it takes a long time to set the stage so, so it's like, you know, the, the uh, fundamentals, the improving picture, the bottoming, that was like somebody going around and pouring gasoline on the house. But you never know what the spark is going to be that lights everything on fire. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, you know, this, this chopped liver rally, like who is it actually benefiting? It's benefiting the LPs, the NASDAQ listed LPs especially, like yeah. Aurora, like Afria, like Sundial, it's benefiting the ancillaries and the ancillary companies, not GrowGen and IIPR. Those have already had the love. Now it's going to GreenLane, which I've talked about many times as a trade that I'm in. It's going to um, GW Pharma, which is a very legitimate uh, biotech company. It's going to CV Sciences, which is like uh, you know a, a crappy version. You know, I, I shouldn't say crappy, but it's it's a it's a you know a weaker competitor. To Charlotte's Web, yeah, right, and it's going to even OTC names. Kushko is up big time. CV Science is up big time. These are OTC only names, so the love is getting spread around, not just where it has been going traditionally. Yeah, or recently, yeah, not not just where it's been going recently, um, and even the names that are getting. I mean, like, look, you, the names that you listed over there, you know, those those are those are names that have been on. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast and whatnot they've been on on the radar for quite some bit but i think like i'm I'm still just shocked at how how well sundial's been doing um and yeah it's it's absolutely crazy to see and i think you put it very well there saying that it's the i guess i'm gonna use the third fourth quartile names that have been sort of so like severely disconnected from the u.s mso's that are sort of rallying but my question to you is do you see these third or fourth quartile names improving their fundamentals, improving cash flow, improve, like have a path to profitability. Are they even a positive? 
Yeah, so, so uh, well, first of all, for a lot of these, it depends on the name, right? I, I don't want to lump all of these guys together because Green Lane uh, is very different from Sundial, mm-hmm. right? And there's a big difference between, like in Green Lane, I feel like just more energy is coming in and people are buying it up. Green, and Green, Lane, had a, Green Lane had a rally not too long ago. Right, I think it was like two it, months ago. Yeah, it, it goes up and down, right? It, it's a it's a trading stock. People mm-hmm. dump it and it goes up. So it's a it's a Nasdaq listed. It's a bit of a different animal, right? But mm-hmm. um, compare that to Sundial, which is you know I don't know Sundial very well, but it's an easy kind of punching bag because when you ask, is it you know on a path to profitability? It doesn't look like it to me. No, right? I mean, you, you, in the summer there was talks of fraud in the company at one point. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't know anything about it, right? But mm-hmm. but obviously it does not seem like a high quality company, but also you got to remember Abby, there's when somebody you know, hedge fund Steve explained to me back in May when the first rally happened, he said, "Look, when you have short covering, short covering can go on for weeks." You know, short covering it starts like a little uh you know, kind of like a pebble down the hill, but it can snowball into an avalanche because as shorts cover, it's a fortuitous cycle. The bulls push it up, the shorts back out, and they push it up further. And that can go on for, you know, two weeks. And that's part of what you're seeing, the rapid rise of a lot of these crappy names, is the shorts are getting out because they don't want to get burned. So hold on, a question for you. Maybe um, if you have the answer, it'd be great. If not, maybe we can ask um, uh, Hedge Fund Steve uh, one day. But how would you track that? How would you track, like, without, because, you know, there's certain stocks that I know um that have short positions on them and that's just because i you know it's a small cap stock we know who the whole, we know the shareholders are we can, okay. can kind of see who they are but how would you know is there an index or anything that indicates in cannabis that this is exactly what's happening short covering because i have a different theory um after sure uh, well just so to answer your question i don't check short percentages but i know it's out there because i've seen people post uh, these these nice little summaries or ind- indices of this is the short position in these various stocks Right. Okay. So you be it's so far you've got to go individual name by name. Like I thought maybe there was like a broad. So, so somebody there is like a website, and I if I can find it, I'll post it with the episode. But there is a website that people prepare which uh, summarizes for cannabis what the short percentages are. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I, I I wasn't familiar with that website. But I don't check it to be clear. I I'm like you know I I don't really bother kind of getting into it. Yeah. The one one thing theory? that I've. Um, Sorry, my theory is so um, <clears throat> I'm out here in, in Vancouver. In Vancouver, there's a lot of uh, small cap guys and, you know, taking a lot of meetings, not meetings, but like uh, socially distanced meetings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've chatted with them and um, talked to them about, you know, where is this rally coming from? Because it was a broad, it was like sort of a, a general theory that um, the latter half of this year was going to be quite lackluster because of the political instability, the mm-hmm. election getting con- contested, et cetera. Um, and a lot of guys were saying, well, you know, when people, especially in the small cap world, when people have debits in their trading accounts, what that means is that they don't have enough cash in their account. So they have to cover in most trading accounts. What people will do is they'll, they'll, you know, add more cash to their account. Okay. What a lot of other guys will start doing is they'll start selling off positions. Okay. Right. To cover their debits. And so when you have that, traders anticipate for that. And so if you've been sitting in the sideline for a little bit, you know that, okay, there's a debit that needs to be covered or you you don't know, but you're anticipating that this is going to sort of happen. And once you start seeing, you know, bids come in um, uh, or sorry, asks come in maybe like half a penny less than 
what, what, what the spread actually is, that's sort of an indicator that, okay, a lot of people are starting and, and volumes going up. A lot of people are starting to, to cover their, uh, their, their debits. And so you'll get a lot of people covering debits and then a lot of people buying and that naturally just starts lowering the prices. And then once, you know, eventually the market will hit, hit equilibrium and then the sellers will take it off. Right. Um, I don't know if that's happening in the large cap cannabis names, but somebody was saying mm-hmm. that's most likely what's happening with, with some of these smaller cap cannabis names. Well, look, you, you make an so, so you make an interesting point in that uh, because like when I look at what's happening, you know, I'm trying to figure out what like what is driving this. Right. Because we always talk about in order for the next you know phase of cannabis to, to really take off, we need to bring in new buyers. Yeah. Right. That is the key thing. And the beauty is in the U.S., there's way more virgin capital, I always call it. Uh, I know that makes you a little uncomfortable, Abby, but <laughs> there's way more people who've never exposed or never touched cannabis um, than there are people who are in it. Right. So that's a huge opportunity and it will come. Um, and, and so I'm trying to figure out, well, is that happening now? Or what, what's more likely, what it feels like to me, is it's a rotational. So it's people already in the sector who are taking some off the top, who have made a bunch of money in, like, let's say the big four MSOs. Yeah. You know, kind of taking some of that money off the top, which, which kind of flatlines it. Right. And, and then, then recycling pushing it. The, it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So this is like the what's next trade. This is uh, you go, okay, I did really well in, in GTI. Not that they're going to dump the position, but maybe they, maybe they trim. Right. They trim like a little bit of profit there or even, you know, you know, whatever, pick a name. Right. They trim some of the profit and then they put it into kind of the next tier. So maybe they buy air, they buy juicy. Right. Or maybe they, you know, and, and again, I, this is always imprecise, but I think there's different things happening in this at the same time, which is making it confusing. I think there's some of. Oh, for pe- sure. For sure. If you take this is like a, if you were to take a, a talk to a scientist and you know have an incubator and saying, okay, what's the like the the perfect mm-hmm. storm to brew up for cannabis? I think this is it. You know, because the yeah. other thing that I was going to add to the debit covering was there's you know this is also a big time for tax loss selling. So people will do tax loss selling and then naturally the market picks up again after tax loss selling anyways. Uh, and I think everything's just getting accelerated right now. Hmm. So you think we're in the tax loss selling? Or you think that's still to come? I think it's done. I think the tax loss selling is done now. Because hmm. it usually ha- it's like the lead up to like American Thanksgiving, and then after that, December is usually kind of slow, and then Dece- uh, January is when people start putting back in the markets. And I just think now, because we have a clear, um, I think we have a clear president in January 2021. I don't know if that's still getting contested, but the, it seems like I don't know CNBC. Everyone's saying it's a Biden win. Um, so I think with that, that sort of alleviates some of the political risk, right? And then a lot of people are sort of coming back in because they're like, okay, well, you know, there's little little rallies that are happening across the board in, in odd sectors. And sure. Yeah. And and I think cannabis is, is getting that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So so in terms of and you look, we talked before about, you know, you have to keep different possibilities in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And one one risk that you outlined, I agreed with you, was hey, look at this political instability, right? We if Trump loses you know, uh, he's not going to admit that he lost and who knows what he'll do. Uh, and he's tried. Right. But surprisingly, things have gone somewhat smoothly up until now. And I should yeah. knock on wood here. Uh, but, you know, I guess, look, it's not done until it's done and who knows what he'll do next. But um, it, it seems like that fear is alleviated for the most part for the market. Right. So I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people like you, like me, who thought, OK, that is a real risk. 
and then that didn't seem to happen. So now you can pile some more money on, right? You can take a little more risk on. Right. Um, and, and to me, so so different things happening at the same time. I think there's a rotational trade. I think people in the CSE names who are comfortable with CSE and OTC, I think they're rotating into what's next. So I think that's where, you know, these. if you look at the names that are rallying, it's a lot of trading names, names that made people rich back in 17 or 18. Right. Oh, so okay. That's that's very interesting. Okay. And and by the way, that's not my theory. That's Alan Brockstein's theory. So all credit to him. But he he was the one who who mentioned. Look, look at C like CVSI. And it, by the way, it's one thing to to you know look at after it's gone up fifty percent. It's another thing. Like he said, look look at names which have succeeded in the past. And he pointed out CVSI. Um, and sure enough, you know, uh, yesterday on Monday, CVSI rallied. Right. And mm-hmm. so. It's interesting to see – it seems to me like if you're buying an OTC name or a CSE name, you're probably an existing cannabis investor. Now, right. maybe you weren't active. Maybe you were on the sidelines and you were trading other things and this recent rally led you back into these names. But either way, it feels like a, a little bit of a what's next move where people right. go, oh, this name hasn't doubled yet or this name has only doubled off the low so yeah which is absolutely hilarious to hear (laughs) i mean it's wild it's wild but again look at a name like true leaf right i was in my panic i sold true leaf around nine or ten bucks canadian we're almost four times that today yeah right so you look at something that's only doubled and you go oh look maybe it could double again right and then this becomes a fortuitous cycle because other people are playing this game with you Mm-hmm. And they start bidding up all the other things, right? So that's very exciting, obviously. I mean, but it's also you got to be a little bit careful, right? And and one of the themes of today's episode is be fearful when others are greedy. And no question, this is an unparalleled time for greed. It is. It is. And it's... Uh... It's it's just so bizarre that it's an unparalleled time for greed. Because if you had asked me about a month ago, I would have said no. People are going to be fearful. But uh, yeah, I like 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 you said, man. All the names that we're looking at that are rallying are they seem to be more trading names, and those are names that don't necessarily have the fundamentals to sort of back up the valuation. In most cases, obviously, I'm general overgeneralizing here. But if you like, you know, it's still very important for people when they're if they want to participate in this rally, look at quality names and don't just look at names that have gone up, right? No, you're you're absolutely right, and I, I didn't answer your question earlier when you asked me, "Hey, what what do I think about these names?" And like, you know, let's take a company I like. I like really like Village Farms, right? That was one of my top picks. I think they're a real real company with a lot of potential, uh, but when you look at the sales numbers, it doesn't track, right? They're doing twenty two million dollars Canadian of sales with Pearson Farms. Now it's growing nicely, right? But they're doing twenty two million of sales. You know, look at their market cap and compare that to like even a single state operator that's doing that kind of revenue and they've far outpaced them, right? So the NASDAQ listing has allowed people to speculate. Um, but then, you know, the flip side of the coin, Abby, is people say, hey, I'm paying 50 or 60 times, you know, PE multiples in tech, right? right. And, and the growth isn't as good as cannabis. So if I'm only paying 20 or 30 times in cannabis, hey, that looks pretty cheap. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's two sides of the coin here. And you asked me, what do I think about 
you know, where, what is fair value? And this is the point I want to get to for everybody at home. When you get into this kind of market, you, the risk factor, in my opinion, is, is a lot higher because um, a lot of the people buying this stuff, I made a note here. Uh, this is a true bull market, like 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Due diligence slows you down. Okay, now that's that's a little tongue in cheek, but the point I'm making is, this is not my kind of market. This is not a fundamental value investor kind of market. This is a technical trader momentum market, and and it doesn't matter. Like valuation is only one thing people look at. A lot of people just buy, buy, buy the names they think are going to move, and they do move, right? So ultimately, the fair value of things is really hard to figure out because when you look at a Frio, when you look at Aurora, when you look at Village Farms, are these the fair values? I don't know. Can the fair values double from here? They look really stretched, but you start, you know, people start to make arguments for why it could double or why it could go up, why it could go up 50%, 100%. and the, the the rationale is not really logical, in my opinion, at, at this point. Yeah, and I, and, I, and you know what, you're right. It's not logical; it's illogical, and just similar to like what we had, we where we had the overcorrection in cannabis. Um, maybe not Q1, maybe like mid Q2. You know, we're also going to have an over rally, and the momentum yeah. names like you're talking about that are going up. They are, you know, you could make a quick, you could make money in the short term, um, but eventually. You know, it will reach it will, mean reversion is a, is a is a very, very, very common finance strategy and it will start yep. reverting back to the mean. Uh, and the fundamentals, whether whatever, however you want to define fundamentals, I mean, right now in cannabis, a lot of people look at revenue, sales, uh, adjusted EBITDA, and then in some cases, profits. But mostly adjusted EBITDA and, and revenue can justify some some fundamentals. Names will eventually pull back. So if you are like really want to caution, if you do want to par- participate in this rally, um, you know, buy the high quality names, buy the names that you were looking at before, right? Don't, don't yeah. try to chase the sundial. And, and that's yeah. like, I don't know. And, and I say that because yesterday I was like, oh, should I buy sundial? And I was like, no, don't buy sundial. What are you doing? <laughs> I just like literally talk to myself. Like, don't, don't do this. And I think it's, it's, you know, we always say this when we say, guys, be careful. Don't do idiotic things. It's because we're thinking about doing idiotic things all the time. Exactly. <laughs> Like this is exactly. this is not us, you know, lecturing you saying, "Hey, you're wrong." It's it's us lecturing ourselves, saying, "Guys, we learned these lessons, right?" And and Abby, you hit it on the head in terms of things overcorrecting. But I would actually expand your viewpoint. We have been in a a huge deflationary market for cannabis for over a year, right? Probably since last summer, so almost a year and a half, and markets overcorrect. So they overcorrected on the way down. First of all, they over or they way overcorrected on the way up previously. Then then we had to pay the price, which was overcorrecting on the way down, right? And then we started getting some legs again this year. Mm-hmm. And now everything is going up, right? Everything is running. And you make a great point. It works until it doesn't. And there could be a lot more catalysts. I mean, you know, Mexico is is very close to legalization potentially. Uh, the you know the House is voting on the More Act later this month in December. Um, federal legalization in the in the U.S., although I think that is years away, it it certainly is being discussed. Things like the Safe Banking Act might get 
pushed into stimulus legislation. Every time people talk about that, they talk about canopy. Well, that makes no freaking sense whatsoever. Canopy and Afria are not going to be the winners of that. Now, first of all, sorry, I take that back for a second. Tomorrow, if federal legalization happened, yeah, that would be good for them. Yeah, it'll be good for the whole sector. It wouldn't be nearly as good for them as it would be for all of the CSE listed guys, but it would be good for them. But it ain't happening, guys. It ain't happening tomorrow. It's going to take time. And the companies which are struggling to get to EBITDA break even. By the way, Aurora, Afria, even though I like Afria, Afria is not EBITDA break even. It's not, right? They're they're putting out a small amount of revenue, you know, a, a real amount of revenue, but they're much smaller than Cresco Labs, than GTI, right? Their acquisition of Sweetwater, the, the craft brewer, makes no sense to me. So those names, although they can give you a nice pop, you do not want to be stuck holding those names when reality sets in. And reality could set in next week. It could set in three months from now. It could set in a year from now. I don't know. But if I'm going to give you a big prediction, this time next year, people are going to realize that the Canadian LPs are not, uh, are not nearly as good as the MSOs. They've already realized that. but. Uh, I think more people will realize that a year from now. For sure. And, and, and I think you're right. And I think you and I, we've been preaching to the choir for, for quite some time on MSOs, or sorry, LPs just in general, um, and how they're not really as attractive as a lot of people think. One thing that I did want to point out when, when, as you were chatting there, um, this was a stat that somebody told me a long time ago, and it's not about Afria, but it's more about uh, Aurora. Aurora used to be one of the most widely held stocks uh, or widely held companies in the cannabis mm-hmm. universe. And what that means is that it had more shareholders than like any other cannabis company. And it was to the point where it was like significantly more. I think it was like they had about 40,000 shareholders at one point. And so, you know, that's 40,000 people that hold your stock. Let's just, let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's just make some numbers up here. Let's say 90% actually follow or even 50% follow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That means 50% are actually reading your news flow. That's still 20,000 people who are getting, um, an email blast saying like, oh, you beat revenue or, you know, this company beat whatever, or this company did whatever. That actually translates into buying activity in the markets. Right? The more eyeballs you have on your stock. And so um, it's funny to see uh, with, when, when the MSOs rally, people are like, okay, well, I already own, you know, Aurora or Afria or Canopy. I already own that. You know, they're probably going to go up as well. And then there's enough people there that will start buying that kind of helps the stock uh, help, helps the price of the stock move. Um, and then it's also funny because if you watch, if you, you talked about this, if you watch CNBC and the pundits and CNBC, who I do have respect for, they come on and they start talking about cannabis, right? Um, and they're, and they're saying, oh my God, us legalization is going to happen, or it, it's on the horizon. Not it's going to happen, but it's, it's on the horizon. These companies are doing ABC. The tickers that they put on are ACP, weed, and ATA. Yeah, it's just... You know, to their credit, they're not going to list OTC tickers. That's not what they do on CNBC. And again, I just keep saying this. That's the opportunity for us. Being on the CSE is an investor's best friend because it allows us to accumulate. And no self-respecting U.S. investor is buying OTC names. It just doesn't happen. OTC is a in their in their minds, it's a scam market. 
yeah. they don't want to be out there buying. And CNBC doesn't even want to put the OTC ticker up, right? Yeah, so just, that's true. Just goes to show you the opportunity. Um, so, so look, let's talk about. I'll talk about a couple of things. So, first of all, I'll. I'll uh, so, first of all, how do you actually? We'll talk about this at the end. But how do you actually play this market? Because uh, I'm not saying take a bunch of risk off. I'm not saying that. Like, clearly, there's heat here. This is a time you can make money and put some risk on the table. But it's actually, I know I always say this, but it's actually a good time for value because this is the what's next part of it. And value has lagged. So value is getting some love. So actually, if you if you get some value names, it's a nice hedging strategy because you can hold something of quality at a reasonable valuation. Um, and then if it gets, you know, it's likely to get love because it's next right um but also if it doesn't if this whole thing fizzles out you know you're not left holding a bag of crap right you're right. still holding something of value right so just two names i'll just shout out here uh, i think columbia care which we've talked about before that hasn't run so as i'm getting fomo i might throw some money into columbia care um and vireo which is something i've been working on for a while you know i haven't really got behind it yet and then that actually has been you know really ticking up nicely so I'm a little hesitant to go crazy on that, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's definitely a name I would look at. And Which, then also, Vireo, yeah, yeah, Vireo. Yeah, Vireo. Yeah. Okay. And, and also the single state operators, right? Those guys have not really gotten a lot of love yet. And the Florida guys, they have not gotten a lot of love yet. And so those are the kind of names that I look at and I go, I would buy those names anyway. But in this market, that's kind of makes me put a little bit more pedal on the metal. Uh, and then lastly, I'll say, if you want to take a little more risk, take a little more chance, you can buy something that you feel is next and is NASDAQ listed, right? All of those other names I, I said are not NASDAQ. Something that's next and is NASDAQ listed could be like OGI, right? Which is a smaller LP, just reported revenues. Uh, again, because of that NASDAQ listing, people might run with it. I don't love OGI, but it's a decent company, right? And yeah, it used to be one of the leaders back in the day. Back in the day, right? So again, I don't, I wouldn't want to be stuck holding it necessarily. But if I wanted to take a little bit of risk, I that's where I might look. Okay. So so let me get into. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left here, so let me just get into some some reasons why I, I'm so confident in my theory that look, guys, this is not sustainable. Essentially, I, I, we don't know how long it's going to last, but I here's why it's not sustainable. I look at Aurora, okay. Aurora is a great trading stock. People know the name Aurora. It's made people money. They make they make money on the way up. They make money on the way down by shorting it. Okay, it's nicely listed. Um, I don't know if it's nicely or Nasdaq. I use them interchangeably. It doesn't matter. It's big board listed, and traders love it and they know it. When it runs too hard with no news, you know something is up. By the way, the only Aurora news that came out yesterday is that they're shutting down one of their biggest facilities indefinitely. <laughs> That's a buy tar- that's buy news if I've heard one. What, like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, what? What? Okay, but anyway, um, this actually goes to Abby's theory about why it's good to invest in positive momentum names because the positives are exaggerated and the negatives are overlooked. And if you can find the company that will post positives, that could be an opportunity. So, who will post positives? There's actual like earnings. But remember, in a market like this, earnings take too long. Forget about earnings. Mm. Find the company that has catalysts and will pound the table, right? So, com- and by the way, that's what's nice about Columbia Care, right? They're they're just they just closed the Colorado acquisition. They've got New Jersey, 
right? They've got a really good footprint that if they choose to pound the table, which I think they might, they can really catch people's attention, okay? But let's go back to May, the first rally. The market rally started with ACB reporting that they lost less money than they previously thought. And if you remember, that's why I was so hesitant on the whole rally because I said this was sparked by Aurora and the Aurora earnings were crap. It's a Fugazi. But it sparked real interest in the space. There was serious short covering. That put everybody's eyeballs back in the space. And after a couple of weeks, it gave new life to the MSOs. So ACB was the spark that reignited the MSO fire. And the lesson that I learned is you never know when it starts. You never know what causes it. And it's a butterfly effect. Life and markets are so complex and random that one small innocuous thing that doesn't make sense can cause a domino effect into things that do make sense. Right, right. And that's very important to know. So look at look at the current market rally, okay? Um, there was a November cannabis rally. So November 1st, this is all US numbers, okay? Uh, because it trades way more on the NASDAQ NYSE than it does on, on the Canadian. Um, November 1st, Aurora was $5 a share US. And then over 460 million shares were traded that day. To give you a sense of context, the entire company has maybe 150 million shares. So three times the market cap of the entire company was traded in one day. Wow. I mean, guys, that is a red flag if I've ever seen one. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> right? Is that insane, right? Yeah. So November so November 1st, $5 a share. November 6th, I think this is after the Biden win, $11 a share. Okay? So more than doubled within five days. Okay? Right. November 20th, back to $7 a share. November 30th, $11 a share with over 125 million shares traded. So basically the entire market cap of the company. This is wow. not sustainable behavior, guys. No, it definitely isn't. It definitely isn't. And those are red flags. And and if you're seeing that that sort of level of volume increase in a, in a hot market, it's good news. But uh, as soon as the momentum shifts, that will come down just as fast. And that was a lesson learned. The NASDAQ gives and it also takes away. So it allows <laughs> for things. The NASDAQ <laughs> taketh. <laughs> I actually All NASDAQ, NASDAQ. And taketh away. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it allows for things to go hyperbolic when traders get a hold of it, but it also allows for greater ability to short. So it creates this amazing cyclicality in the up and downs, and traders love this. They love to push it up. They love to push it down. They can they can make money on the way up. They can make money on the way down. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 interesting. So so look, I, I want to come to the end of this, which is so what, guys? How can you you want to look? This is risk on. Okay, so you want to take advantage of this. You want to be in this market and catch the up market, but you also need to protect yourself. So you can hedge yourself by holding cash, which you should. You should always have some cash, but that's not the best strategy, okay? So what I would suggest to you is don't just FOMO into any name. First of all, be knowledgeable. What are the – and what does that mean? First of all, you should just know what are the fully diluted market caps and valuations because I've seen research reports that have the wrong fully diluted market caps. I've seen – I've talked to knowledgeable people 
who don't know that Air has 16 million warrants outstanding. And they think the you know the the market cap the fully diluted is like twenty eight or thirty million shares when mm-hmm. it's actually closer to forty five, right? Know about things like that so you don't get caught, right? Um, going up something going up is not a sign of quality. You need to understand value versus price, but then you also need to understand in a risk on market that's not the end all be all. You want to look for value. You want to look for quality, but you also want to look for what you think might catch next and what where you think you might make the pop that you can trade out of. Yeah, for so, sure. So it, this goes back to a way earlier episode that we did is it's okay to gamble on red or black, but you have to know that you're gambling. For so sure. If you're going – like for me, I have way too much money in this game to just gamble. I can't afford to lose, and that's just not how I invest. So if I'm going to gamble on something, like Green Lane was a gamble. It was a high-quality gamble because of its cash position, et cetera. But I limited the amount of money. You know, It wasn't, a, it wasn't nothing, but I, I limited the amount of money I put into that name because I know that's a gamble, right? So that's right. one way to hedge your risk. Another way to hedge your risk is to try to say, okay, what is a good quality name mm-hmm. that – you know, might check all the boxes and that people might catch on to next. Right. And that's how you get to Columbia care. That's how you get to single state operators. That's what, that's a portion of the, of the play. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you might go, okay, I'm going to risk on a little bit. I'll take a name that I don't love, but that might catch on. And that might be like a Kushko. That might be like an OGI. Those are more trading names. Right. But, I'd be a little more careful there. I, I, those are really like, okay, I'm gambling a little more now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a good way to know all that, right? Or, or to start finding names like that. What I would do is if you have the universe already on your watch list, just filter by market cap. Obviously, in order to get, so Manish said something very important here, the fully diluted market cap. That's not always going to be listed right on your screen. You have to go into CDAR filings. You have to go through, you have to do some digging to fully find it. That's why, you know, when you talk to some knowledgeable people, like you were saying, they might not necessarily know it because that could have been a name that they're not fully watching all the time, right? 100%. Um, yeah. And, and, and then, so like if you filter by market cap, just start going down. You can you can quartile them the top 25%, middle 25% bottom, whatever. And then also look at how much they've moved in the last little bit. That's a good way to find out, okay, well, this is a low market cap, hasn't moved that much. I don't really know about the name. That's a good way to start looking at the name. I'm not saying go buy the name just based off that two filters, but I'm saying that's a good way to start looking outside of the edges. You know, like you've got the big four MSOs, then outside you've got a couple more, and then outside of that, that's probably where I'm going to start looking now. Yeah, and so look, like this. And you just pointed something out that's very important, which is like when you're playing this game of trying to, you know, basically front run the traders, you know, these are interesting strategies to go to go on just, you know, Yahoo Finance or something and say, okay, like if you click on Aurora, what related tickers does it give you? Right. Because that's how people will look. And what are those? What is the market cap on on Yahoo Finance of those companies? Right. Um, and, and those a lot of times it is wrong. It doesn't incorporate all the fully diluted shares. Uh, but people don't care. They don't look, right? They just buy. But all I'm saying is if that's the game you're going to play, you got to understand the risk you're taking, right? Mm-hmm. So when you understand the risk, you know, you hedge your position. You by, When I say hedge, I mean you limit your position. You know, you know what the risk you're taking, right? right. So there's two questions you always have to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself, um, 
you know, if this is a gamble, how much am I willing to gamble? And what if everything changes tomorrow? Am I going to be, you know, how am I going to feel if I'm stuck holding this? Right. So right. those are things you need to just be fully aware of. And what I would say also is try to avoid pitfalls. So try to avoid bad balance sheets, try to avoid heavy debt loads, try to avoid big cash burns. Um, these can lead to equity raises, dilution, and it could just lead to problems. Right. Yeah, and can lead to management making decisions that are not necessarily best for the company. Hundred percent, and try to avoid, you know, sketchy management teams. Now, again, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a give and take here because sometimes those sketchy management teams they'll pound the table on their stock and they'll do the promotion and that'll get people's attention, and that is how um, that is why the stocks will run because they'll catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So look, uh, guys, I mean that. To bring this all home, you know, it's very exciting to see this bull market. Um, I don't know if it will last. That's the thing. We never know. We never, never know with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I like to focus on fundamentals because it's easier to know what's going to happen over a longer period of time. This going up and down stuff, I have no idea. I'm not the guy to tell you. It seems like a good time to take some risk. Um, that's why it's good not to sit in cash, right? Um but just be careful of the risk you're taking and take measured risk. That's all I can tell people is, you know, try to quantify, understand the risk you're taking. Um, and if things get really hot and you're, you're, there's a name that you're in that you don't love, take some profits. Take some yes, money off the That's the, the other thing. Take some profits in a market like this. Up, double, sell half. Take some profits. Have some rules or else you will write it down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I, I, look, I think that's a good place to to finish off today. Um, I, you know, uh, just an interesting tidbit is that you know we, we're mapping out the schedule for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're gonna have some really fun episodes coming up, guys. We've got various guests. Uh, we've got a 2020 year end review. We've got predictions for 2021. Um, so just so you guys know, there will be an episode every week going into the new year. Uh, so we will not miss a week, and we've got some really interesting episodes coming up. Awesome. Okay, guys, podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and go out there and make some money. Until next time. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from, from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.